0: You are listening to the weekly sermon from Elevation Community Church in Blanchester, Ohio. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Phil Nelson. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit myelevationcc.org. Church, breathe in. Deep breath. Breathe it out. That's God. God just gave you that. Breathe in again. Breathe out. God just gave you that again. And now I want you to breathe in the forgiveness and the grace that comes from Jesus' death on the cross. Breathe it in. Now breathe out all the death and all the sin out. That's life in Christ. Jesus we honor you we're not playing games we're not playing games too many lives are lost too many lives are at stake for eternity for us to play games God I pray that just as in Luke 11, when you talk about the seed spread on different grounds, God, let us not be the rocky soil. Let us not be the rough path where people just walk over the seed that you plant in our lives. But God, today, may the, the soil of our hearts, our mind, our will and emotions, Would it be fertile, rich, soft soil for your hand to plow, for your seed of the Spirit to grow in us, never to be the same? Jesus, you are the shepherd of this flock. You are the shepherd of your church. You laid down your life for your sheep. This is not my church, nor is it anyone else's but yours. This is yours. We give you the keys to this building. We give you the keys to this community. We give you the keys to our hearts. Jesus, we want you. We don't want church. We want you. We don't want behavioral modification. We want transformation. Holy Spirit, you're moving. You're drawing hearts to the Father through Jesus. Give us a divine, supernatural focus on you. Now, I want to encourage you to lay down whatever it is you're facing today. I don't know what it is. You do. You do. Your marriage, your kids, some sort of legal situation, your career you know what it is and so does the Lord give it to him and say this is yours God this is your battle I'm done fighting it loneliness anxiety depression back pain. In his presence is fullness of joy. In your presence, O oh God, is peace that passes understanding. In your presence is joy unspeakable. Give us that joy this morning, God. It's time for the prodigal to come home. It's time for you who have been wayward and rejecting Christ while proclaiming his name, wanting what's from his hand and all the blessings, yet not laying your life down for him. It's time to come home. The Father is creating a buffet and a feast and a party for you that you don't deserve, but He willingly wants to welcome you home. Come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide with forgiveness. Just cry out to him. Those who call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ will be heard by him and will be saved. And I speak to my brothers and sisters, my family here. You've been bought with the precious blood of Jesus. His Holy Spirit runs through your veins. You love him. And yet there is some sin in your life that is getting the best of you right now. Jesus promises us that there is no temptation strong enough to overtake us if we would just release it to him. And I'm asking you, the Father's asking you, Jesus is knocking on your heart and saying it's time to come home. It's time to lay it down. It's time to give up. It's time to die to yourself, to the addiction, to the craving, to the sites you're going to online, the people you are opening the secrets of your heart to. It's time to come home. It's time to come home. It's time to get real. It's time to be his people, his flock, his sheep, his time. Is it just me or do you feel that too? There's a shift. There's a shift happening in the spirit realm. Don't, it's okay. It's still happening. And I pray that that shift would happen in our hearts and here. I heard this week. <clears throat> I heard it said of, you know, we see our world panicking and things aren't good. We know that, right? But in comparison to what's coming, it's like we're on a 2.0 on the treadmill. And if we can't truly learn to posture ourselves in the presence of God and seek his face and walk with our eyes fixed on Jesus, what's going to happen when that treadmill goes to 6.0? friends, there's a lot of local church bodies that will be paralyzed with the heaviness and the fear of everything going on. How do I know that? Jesus predicted it. He said it would happen and will happen. I believe the shift right now is for the church to awaken. you but I'm tired I'm tired of playing this thing called church and if this isn't you just let it pass by and many of you are walking in such victory and the spirit of the Lord is upon you and the disciplines of the spirit is rich and grounded in you and If that's you, just know right now, pray, pray, pray for those who have been trampled, seed that has been choked by the thorns, pray, because I don't know about you and you can nod your heads, you can wave your hands, but I'm tired of religion. I'm tired of going through the motions and leaving the same that we came. I'm tired. Are you? I'm tired of the body of Christ, including me, not acting as a set-apart bride for Christ like it should be. I'm tired of the church looking the same as the world. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired of the body of Christ exchanging harsh words, being unkind to each other. Unresolved conflict growing like mold in the dark, where everyone feels the pain. I'm tired of the unforgiveness that we're holding in our lives. And by holding that unforgiveness, we cannot receive the forgiveness the Father has for us. And so we cling to bitterness, we cling to jealousy, we cling to blaming. And judgment, all of that is described in James as demonic and earthly. It robs us of our witness, friends, that the world is dying to see and hear. I'm tired. Are you? And I know many of you have lived a lot longer than me and you've seen it come and go. But you know that this, the last 10 years or so, is something way different, it is. Times are getting shorter. I'm tired of trying to make things work in my own strength. Are you? I'm tired of following the wisdom of this world. I'm tired of moving and reacting before waiting and soaking every move in the stillness of prayer. I am tired. And the lack thereof results in so much more difficulty and disappointment and obstacles to walk through. I'm tired. I'm tired of not fully leaning on and pressing into the very presence of God that lives within me. I'm tired. He lives within you. Do others see it? Where's the change? This is what Jesus talked about to Nicodemus, a religious leader who loved God, and he said, you must be born again of the spirit born again, meaning you must be changed. A new birth, a new creation. I'm tired of just listening to sermons, friends. I'm tired of reading the word of God and having incredible conversations with others and in our small groups and there be no change in our lives. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired of seeing people right here bought with the blood of Jesus filled with the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Loved by God. Forgetting who they are. And more importantly, forgetting whose they are. You are bought with the precious blood of Jesus. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. There is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. You are a victor and an overcomer. You are a precious son of the Almighty God. You are a precious daughter of the King of Kings. And the devil can't touch you. And yet he's got so many of you tied up, defeated, overwhelmed. I've been there. Are you walking in the victory that Christ purchased you? don't know if you know this, but people of faith all over this globe are losing their desire, their commitment, and their priority of the one essential thing of our faith walk. And that is seeking the presence of god in prayer and i'm not just talking a dinner prayer or a lord bless my day prayer but i'm talking about uninterrupted time with the father friends hear me i'm not where i want to be in this But I'm not where I was two months ago. I'm not where I was two years ago. My time with the Father is so precious. He woke me up at 4 a.m. this morning. I fell back asleep. He wants to be with you. The Father is longing, longing and craving and jealous for your time. You know, I had a conversation, well, quite a few, actually. Most of my conversations with believers are surrounding the subject matter of prayer and revival. Revival is a spiritual renewal happening. Do you want that? I do. But prayer is the thing that opens the gate. Prayer. Relentless prayer. Seeking, pressing, waiting. Man, if we would just do that, our lives honestly would look different and I believe the church would look different. And in the conversation was interesting. My eyes were open. Do you realize how the Christian communities fight to get prayer back in the schools? And yet it is a brutal fight to get people to pray in church. You hear me? (laughs) I believe that's going to show where we are as a church, we're going to cover that in a couple months. Wednesday nights prayer. I don't know why it's so difficult for church bodies to call a night of prayer, and only get a few. And I'm not, I'm not throwing arrows. I'm not judging. But something needs to shift for us to align with what God's doing. If not, we get the same results doing the same thing. Do you know what that's called? Spiritual insanity. It's called religion. Father, we confess right now to you, I, I, I confess that in so many areas of my life I've lived for the kingdom of self, For my name's sake, not yours. God, forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive me for rejecting you. Forgive me for not waiting on you. Forgive me for not staying steadfast with my eyes fixed on you. Forgive me, God. Forgive me for any part that I have played in hurting others, speaking ill of others, being a part of gossip and corrupt talk god cleanse that from my lips cleanse our body but the father says in order to be cleansed you need a desire to be cleansed and to ask to confess and so in your own words right now, can you just say, Father, I've sinned against you. Everyone. I need your forgiveness. Cleanse me. Renew me. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within us. Renew the joy of your salvation within us. Tired, but I have hope yes. because Jesus is hope. But I believe, I believe Jesus wants us to realize that He is truly calling us to Himself today. If you're tired of going through the motions with no change, if you're tired of getting beaten down by every wave, every heavy cloud that comes and hangs over you, sometimes it feels like forever. If you're tired of empty words, just singing through the songs, going through the movements. If you're tired of not seeing the church be the church. Jesus has a message for us. And it's in Luke 11. No, Matthew 11. Matthew 11. Jesus is speaking to us this morning. He says, come to me. Come to me. It's an action word. We are to leave where we are and move to a position near Christ we have to move we have to shift we have to intentionally leave where we are come to me all you who are who labor Heavy, burdened, and I will give you rest. Jesus isn't just talking physical. Well, I would assume many of us are physically tired. We don't know how to rest, we don't know how to slow down. We have no idea what Sabbath is anymore. We're looking for love in all the wrong places. Ha! Ain't that the truth. Someone gets it. It's just like this merry-go-round of life, and it just keeps speeding up. We were never designed to carry the weight and the stress and the schedules like we do. And Jesus is saying, okay, if you're physically tired, that's probably a root cause of something deeper. Where's your rest lie? Is it on a Sunday afternoon just watching football? Not saying that's bad. But is that the only rest you're getting? Is your rest just perusing Facebook and social media? Because I tell you, that's not rest. That's called D-R-A-M-A, drama. I that I a drama queen. <laughs> I do. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened And you're exhausted by trying to carry the demands of everyone in your life, especially the church. And he says, take my yoke upon you. What he's saying is take his teaching that is very different than the heavy burdened law that the religious leaders were putting on every person that they could not live out. And Jesus says, my teaching is different. My burden is different. Let me in the driver's seat of your life. But it comes at a cost. It comes at a very high cost. And that means you're no longer in control. You're no longer calling the shots. And you're no longer picking and choosing what happens and doesn't happen in your life. It's called surrender. And you can't fully follow Jesus unless you surrender and pick up the cross he has given you. But that cross is not burdensome, it's full of joy and peace. Abundant blessing from obedience. Are you carrying your cross? Or are you carrying the life that you're called to lay down? Come to me and you will find rest. Take my burden upon you. And learn from me. For I'm gentle and loving and tender. You will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. Where are you finding your rest? And if it's not in what we just read, what needs to change to get there? And I'll tell you the answer. I'll cheat. It's the cheat sheet. The answer is Jesus only. It's not a both and. You cannot serve Jesus while serving the world. Friends, I do believe that we're going to see and we are seeing churches close their doors. I believe one of the reasons is because churches are beginning to look like the world. Jesus prayed that we would not be taken out of the world. Why? Because we're his witness. We're his light. But we're not supposed to be of the world. And I wonder if some of us... Never mind. I will. I will. I wonder. No, I'm not going to. Romans. Romans 8. I'll say it in this. You, however, are not in the flesh. But you are in the spirit. If, in fact, the spirit of God dwells in you you. Anyone who does not have the spirit of God does not belong to God. Friends, Jesus prayed for those who would be in Christ that we would not be taken from the world because we are his appeal and witness. But those who do not have the spirit of God are not of God. We're living in the days where we're seeing more and more the separation of the sheep and the goats. Not just one who proclaims to follow the way, but one who has been changed because of the way. You, however, are not of the flesh, but in the spirit, if in fact the spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give you life. Where is the life in us? Where's the change? We spoke on... uh, New Year's Day on the necessities for a God-centered life, a God-centered 2023. And we started with one of the essentials being brokenness. Brokenness like in Isaiah where the presence of God comes to him and angelic hosts are there and he just says, I'm undone. For I'm a man of unclean lips. He realizes his sin and his inability to engage with the presence of God. And because of his heart and his humility and his posture, the angel takes this red hot coal from the throne and touches his lips and he's clean and cleansed and made holy. We use that word holy. When Jesus Christ changes you, you are holy. What does that mean? It means you are set apart from the world. And yet, we live our lives completely married to the world. Something's got to shift. If you have your Bibles, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Thank you, Lord, for teaching us today, showing up. Holy Spirit, just come and do what only you can do. Last week, Sean Cragwell, is he here? He is. Raise your hand, Sean. Love you, Sean. Thank you for bringing the Word of God. Thank you for bringing the word with conviction, and uh, we do know that one young person gave their heart to Christ this last Sunday. Yeah, bought with the precious blood of Jesus, changed, and God's working in so many other of you. If God is changing your life, would you raise your hand? Yeah. So we need brokenness in order to understand the severity of our sin. But we need not the knowledge of salvation only, but we need to receive his saving hope genuinely. Genuinely. Confessing our sin to the Father, believing in Jesus as the Son, and believing in our hearts that God raised him from the dead. And through faith, faith, we are changed supernaturally. We have a new birth, a new identity. Your sin, your past, your present, the things that you've done, the things done to you, do not define you. You are Christ's treasure, you are a new creation. Look at 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. So that means something changed. Something died and something birthed. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new Creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God. Boy, do we need to know that. This is not of your accord. This is of God. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us, meaning he bought us back. To the Father. With the price of his life. And he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. This is where the rubber hits the road, friends. He's reconciled us to the Father. But now, because we are changed and we are new in him, we are now, through our lives, through the power of the Holy Spirit living in us, we are to then bring others to Jesus. By the testimony of our life. And many of you have such a rich reward in heaven waiting for you. Because you have been faithful to praying for reconciliation. For asking the Lord to purify your life being in his word, consuming his word, being in fellowship with others, and you are making a difference that you have no idea how many people will be in heaven in eternity because you were faithful. But this is not our own work. But yet Christ trusts us with our lives to be his ambassadors. Does he have any clue who I am? (laughs) For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. I want to ask you a question that you don't answer aloud. I want to ask you this. Are you righteous? If the first thing that comes to your mind is, well, what have I done this week? What have I done wrong? Have I been a good person? That's not what I'm asking. Righteousness means right standing with Jehovah God. Are you righteous? Are you holy? I didn't say, do you feel holy? I didn't even say, do you act holy? Are you holy? Because if you are marked with the identity of Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ is holy. He is perfect. You are perfect in Christ. That should change the way you think and the way you live. Just going to give you two more scriptures unless the Holy Spirit does something different if you have your Bibles out turn to James it's in the New Testament it's after Hebrews and before 1 Peter James James is a hard book, hard letter because they basically call us out on our crap and we've got a lot of it. And it gets right to the jugular. In chapter 1, verse 22. And I don't believe it's on the screen. So go there on your phones if you're there. James 1, 22 to 25. He says, don't just listen. Listen. To God's word. If you're married, those couple words probably resonate. Don't just listen. Actually hear me. Don't we say that to the kids? Don't just listen. Actually obey. Don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word of God and you don't obey it, you're like the person glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully in the perfect law that sets you free. And if you do what it says and you don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing that. You see, we want the blessings without the obedience. And that's just not how God works. And the band can come up I'm going to end with Revelation chapter 2. And Jesus is talking to the church of Ephesus in that time. And Jesus says you've you've fought the good fight. I know your works. You've been patient. You've toiled for the kingdom. You can't bear those who live in sin. I know that you're enduring patiently and bearing up one another for my sake. And then Jesus says this, but I have this against you. You have gone away from your first love, Jesus. You've disconnected from the vine. You have strayed. You have wandered, lived for the pleasures of this world. And it's time to come home. And he says to the church, not just one Christian, but to the church in Ephesus, he says, Repent, turn away, and come back to me. If you don't, I will come and remove your light. What he's saying is each church body is supposed to be a lighthouse. Each church body has the responsibility to be the light, to be the reconciliation of God, to be ambassadors we have a huge responsibility, honor, and privilege to carry the light of Christ. And that light only shines when we're connected to the love of our lives. That only shines when we love others because Christ first loved us. And the only thing that truly matters at the end of the day is that Christ's love makes me complete. And when we get away from that first love and loving Jesus and putting others in the place of our whole world, the throne of our hearts, we get away from being the witness of the light of Christ. And the results of that is the light and the witness of our lighthouse begins to dim. Church, God's calling us back to not just say we love God but to show it by how we live thank you for listening to our weekly sermon if you'd like to go deeper with another resource from our church please check out our weekly impact Bible study podcast as well both of our podcasts are available on iTunes, Stitcher and SoundCloud